0: Oh, wow. Good morning. Um, As I've been warmly introduced, thank you so much, Carl, for that warm introduction. Let me first honor the leadership of the church, the senior pastors, Pastor Paul and Mamfundi Similane. I think I found that at camp. I can (laughs) confidently call her that in their absence. Uh, They send their love and their encouragement and their prayers this morning. So I really appreciate them. I also want to honor the leadership of the church, the elders, everyone who's serving in this ministry. And I'd want to believe to say that protocol, all protocol is observed, as they say. Uh, But I also just want to thank God and just honor my family and friends uh, that are here in person and those who are joining online. I've ordered a crowd somehow, (laughs) but I'm grateful uh, to God that they could come in person or join online. Um, amen. So we're going to start today um, sharing the Word of God. It is an honor and a privilege to have this opportunity to share the Word of God at home. Uh, I'm a daughter in this house and uh, and it's an honor and a privilege to to come and serve at home. You know, it's one thing to do it out in the world but it's an honor and a privilege to do it at home. So I really honor um, the senior pastor for giving me this opportunity. So without any waste of time, I'm just quickly going to ask us to um, watch the video and then we'll deep dive into it. I don't remember which one is which now. Let's try this one. Is it on? Is it on? Ah, happiness. Thank
1: you. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul is not just praying for a nice building. He's not just praying for nice seats. He's not just praying for nicer bathrooms and a new sound desk. He is praying that this church may comprehend with all the saints what are the dimensions of God's love for them. If the, if the children of God could understand and experience the love of God, who knows that homes would be changed, that schools would be changed, that your office park would be changed. Then he goes to say this doxology. Now to him who is able to do more than just letting them experience the revelation of God's love. It's built on this prayer in Ephesians 3 about understanding the love of God, having revelation of His love. It talks about this power to understand this dunamis dynamite power. It's called resurrection power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is the same power that can dwell within you. This is the power that allows you to understand the dimensions of God's love. This is the power that God wants to see become a reality in your life. I'm so grateful today that God hasn't just called us to go and be Jesus to our workplace without giving us the ability to be Jesus. Because without His Spirit living inside of us, we go in our own flesh and our own wisdom, and it's not going to be enough. I was here as a boy, I was one of the, the students that was in Ron and Ann's home. I did grade one in the house next door that they ended up buying. And there were pictures of Auntie Grace, my grade one teacher, this morning. And I've had the privilege of being in this building and in the tent when we saw God's spirit move. And there were some amazing things that as a child I got to witness in the spirit. And I, and I said in one of the prayer meetings this weekend, I was like, Lord, I said to these guys, Lord, please help. Please won't you dig up some of these wells that seem to be dry when it comes to the supernatural in our midst. And I always brought a word that just came straight through and cut that thing. And I'm going to read what one of the life group leaders, how one of the life group leaders summed it up to their life group. And she said this, God is birthing a new chapter in the move of His Spirit in our body. It's a move of many hearing His call and becoming springs of living water in our city. It's not up to Paul, but it's up to all of us to bring our part. She said to, to the life group, something is happening in the spirit, don't
0: okay. So the last part of it is said, something is happening in the spirit, don't miss out. So when I was in the place of prayer, just preparing for the sermon, the Lord led me to watch this video. It's the 40th. Um, anniversary of the church. I was not in South Africa at that time. Um, As I was praying, the Lord said, I must watch this video. And so the title of today's message is really based or was informed or inspired by this message, the mystery of Jesus Christ within us. And we're going to deep dive into what that mystery is today um, that which Pastor Paul was preaching about and crying that may God stir up the worlds in this church. And I believe that this is the time that the Lord is going to stir up the worlds in this church. This is the time where we're going to see the move of the Spirit like never before. So before I get ahead of myself, let's park this video. We're going to come back to it just now. So the title of today's message is The Mystery of Jesus. Is within you. And so we're going to quickly look into it. So let's open our Bibles um, in the story of, you see this clicker thing? Yes, Matthew 18. I'm quickly going to read it. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, "'Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, "'for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit.'" and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until his son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, I need you. Without you, I can do nothing. I decrease to myself and I allow you to increase. More of you and none of me. I pray, O oh God, that you will think through my thoughts and you will speak through my mouth. I allow you to move as you will in our midst. I pray O oh God that we'll have an encounters with you today. I allow your Holy Spirit to take over. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Oh, so, last week, Anne preached about the breath of Jesus from Luke's account. And uh, today, I'd like us to talk about the birth of Jesus from Matthew's account. Um, she spoke about Mary's story, and I think I loved that this is a build-up of what she spoke about. That we need to participate with with God to be able to fulfill the promises of God. And I thought it would be interesting for us to look at Joseph's perspective. How did he participate with God? We often talk a lot about Mary, but we've never had the guy side of the story. So today we're gonna have a bit of a guy side of the story. Uh, Let me also warn you, I I was one of those who was raised in the Pentecostal amen churches. So I'll appreciate some amens and some anas as we preach this morning. Hallelujah. So if you feel an amen, you go amen. If you feel an ana, you just go ana. But let's allow and let's participate together. Hallelujah. Ah, the church is here. Ooh, we're going to have some church. Let me behave. Right, so we, we're going to look into, into, into um, Joseph's story. Um, and i am be building up, and as I said, um, the, I looked into some an understanding on Matthew's account, right? According to Matthew Henry's commentary on the book of Man- Matthew in chapter 1, he says that the contents of this gospel, so I'm giving a bit of history around the book of Matthew um, as, as a writer, and the evidence of ancient writers showed that it was written primarily for the use of the Jewish nation. The fulfillment of prophecy was regarded by the Jews as strong evidence. Therefore, this is especially dwelt upon in St. Matthew. So prophecy is central to the book of Matthew. Verse 1 to 17 is about the genealogy of our Savior. How many of us, you read Matthew and you're like, what is this and this one beget, this one and this one beget. What is the purpose of this? For the first time now, I understand. It says, it is not a needless genealogy. It is not a vain glorious one, as of those of great men often are. It proves that our Lord Jesus is of the nation and the family out of which the Messiah was to arise. The promise of the blessing was made to Abraham and his seed. Of the dominion of David and his seed, it was promised to Abraham that Christ should descend from him. In Genesis 12:3 we are told Genesis 22:18 we are also told, and to David that he should descend from him, according to Second Samuel 7 verse 12. And so therefore, unless Jesus is a son of David and a son of Abraham, he is not the Messiah. Now this is here proved from well known records. So we can see the genealogy of Jesus through the reading of the scripture. That is verse 1 to 17. But our focus today in verse 18 to 25 looks at the circumstances under which the Son of God entered the lower world. The mystery of Christ becoming man is to be adored. It was so ordered that Christ should partake of our nature, yet that he should be pure from the defilement of original sin, which has been communicated to all the races. So we have a sense of what that Matthew was trying to put across when he was writing this, that he was pointing out to the prophecy that was made, that the Jews were waiting for this prophecy to come to pass. So they knew that he needs to come from the line of David and has something to do with Abraham. And so Matthew positions us to understand that Jesus, God was watching in the bloodline of Abraham until David, until Christ was born. So this gives us evidence that he was indeed human. Amen. So let's park that for a minute and let's just go shopping a bit. I want us to talk about mysteries. I thought this word fascinates me. I love words. I study words. Words give me energy. So let's take a step back. What is a mystery? I wish I had drum rolls or something like that in the background. So, um, mystery, according to the Oxford Dictionary or whatever dictionary, it's a concoction. It says a mystery is a story, film which arouses, or a film which arouses suspense and curiosity because of facts concealed. A person or a thing that arouses curiosity or suspense because of an unknown, obscure, enigmatic quality. It can be in a form of a conundrum. A puzzle, a parable, a riddle. So I thought that as we study mysteries, let's start with a riddle this morning that I'd like to see how many people are able to solve riddles and solve mysteries. So this is the riddle. If you know the answer, please feel free to shout or we'll see how uh, the poll goes along. So this is the riddle that I'd like to share with you. Three birds are on a riverbank drinking water. Two decides to fly. How many are left? Some say two. Some of you are still saying, what is the question? Yeah. <laughs> what exactly did she just say? I repeat again. Okay, some say two. How many, how many are left? Some say three, some say three, some say I angazi. I don't even know what we're talking about right now. Okay, I'll repeat the riddle again. I can see here some are saying three. Three birds are on a riverbank drinking water. Two decides to fly, how many are left? We're trying to find out how many birds are left. Others I can hear, three, two, one. Okay, let me hear. I love your energy there. So you say how many is left? Aha! Right. They decided to fly. They didn't fly. So three are still left. Ah. I'm deciding to sit down. Do I look like I'm sitting down right now? Right. So they decided. So if this proves that indecision is still a decision. You are just deciding to do nothing. Because some people say, "I'm still deciding. I'm not sure." No, you have decided to do nothing. <laughs> I hope today that we will be encouraged to do something after we hear the word of God. Amen. So, what is the difference then between secrets and mysteries? Because we're trying to solve a mystery here. So, um, what I often do—I'm a student of art. Um, And I studied dramatic art, so I love art. So art has got a lot of mysteries and secrets. As a writer, we are taught in drama school, you have to make sure that there are mysteries, things hidden in your story. So I thought it would be lovely that we actually look into some of Um, As art often contains secrets and mysteries, let's look a bit into some of the um, differences between secrets and mysteries. We know that literature, theater arts, visual arts, um, um, it gives us some mysteries and, and secrets. So what is the difference then, right? Secrets are hidden things meant to be considered, and once found, their meaning is clear. So that is a secret, Mysteries are apparent and accessible, but the meaning is interrupted. Hmm? Secrets are kept by one person or a few people. Mysteries are for many people to consider. How interesting is that? Right. There is one answer to a secret and multiple possibilities for mysteries. So today we're going to discover the mysteries of Jesus within us. So there's multiple answers. And I think for me, that's the beauty of the Word of God, that there are dimensions in God that we need to explore, that it is also a community thing. It's not just an individual thing. But we're invited to dig deep into the mysteries of God. And the beautiful thing about it is that this mystery is within us that we need to be curious and find out about these mysteries and that there are possible uh, possibilities to it. Let's move on. So I thought it would be lovely to just go into detectives and find out how do they solve mysteries. I needed a sound effect here. Right, so let's look into how do we, how do detectives uh, solve mysteries? Because we are all going to enter Atlas of Detectives today and try and solve this mystery. Right, so um, I've actually again went shopping and looked into how detectives solve mysteries. Um, And if you really want to explore more, these are some of the tools. I'm giving you tools for solving mysteries that you can use in your own private time. If you want to be a private detective, investigator, whatever career you want to look into, journalism, this is something that you can use or looking into finding out more about God. The first thing is that those who solve mysteries, the detectives say, you must approach each mystery with a blank mind. That's the first technique. So you don't make assumptions and say, I know, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. No, you come with a blank mind. Secondly, play close attention to the clues and evidence presented, right? So there'll be clues and evidences that will be presented. Remember, we're solving a mystery today. I want you to wear this hat as we go along ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Unfortunately, we won't have time to take any questions in the sessions because of time, but we believe that the live group sessions next year will give you an opportunity to ask questions. One of the things that I love about God is that he's not afraid of our questions. I don't care how difficult that question is. God loves questions. I always say as a coach, as a professional coach, that we see God as the master coach because the first question we saw in in the Bible is in Genesis when God said to Adam and Eve, where are you? So questions are God's way of communicating to us. And often he asks us questions not because he doesn't know, but he asks us questions so as we can locate ourselves. So let us not be afraid to ask questions. Maybe you are sitting here, you've been trying to make, you've been deciding if you want this Christ or not. And you are not sure about some of the questions and you are not clear. I'm inviting you today to ask those questions. Because God is ready to answer your questions. Hallelujah. Oh, the church is in the house. So let's move on. It says then you ask questions. Make time to think about what you've learned or discovered. The detectives, after they've collected some clues, they make time. They ponder. They sit. They analyze. Because most of us, we come to church, we listen to the message, we go out, and there's not going to be any change because we have not set to understand and ponder and contemplate on the word of God. We're unfolding things. We want to know the dimensions of the of the love of God, as Paul said in that video. We want to know the depth, the height of God's love. But it's gonna require us to sit a bit longer in his presence. We're not preaching yet, he come back. So the last thing it says stay curious and consistent with your search. Stay curious. Hunger for more of him. Want to understand. Sit in his presence. God is inviting us to a time where church is not the 90 minutes where we are here, but church is in your home. Church is in the workplace. Church is in our schools. But the only way to unleash church is when we have sat with him a bit longer. And we are curious enough to want to know him and his ways. Let's move on. So let's go back a bit to Joseph's story. I've equipped you now with tools. Now, I want you to go shopping with me as we look into the story of Joseph and some of the clues that Jesus kept on throwing around in his life and in his ministry. So we're gonna look into the themes that came out of Joseph's story and then look into parallel and say, what are some of the things that Jesus said around some of the themes that are coming out. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we read back in the story, it says in Matthew 1, Joseph was engaged to be married to Mary. So as I said, I'm representing my gents today. I'm representing the guys who, who in a form of Joseph, because we've always heard Mary's story, but we've never heard Joseph's story, really. How did he feel about this whole situation? And Luke's account gives us, (laughs) Luke's account gives us his perspective. So the context of the story is that in in, in Luke's context, in in Matthew's uh, uh, account from Joseph's perspective, is that we know that he was engaged to be married to Joseph, right? So to be married. In this instance, it means that it is he who proposed, Right? So it's his story. He was the one who did the engagement. Right. So let's understand a bit about the Jewish culture when it comes to engagements. Um, There's a word that they use. I've practiced this word until I'm blue in the face. Betrothed. Did I say it right? Betrothed. Yeah, ish. English is my fifth language, no? And it's Sunday, the data might deplete. Right. So betrothed, betrothed. Thank you, sister. Just keep on saying it. When I say be, you say it, yeah? Okay. I know I've got backup. Jesus, I love you, right? So um, in the Jewish culture, there be, yes, the betrothal. There's another English elevation. elevations. Betrothal. It's a legally binding agreement between families. So it wasn't like a couple went out in the, you know, by hillside there, North Leaf, and they proposed to each other and no one knew about it. It was something that was known by families. It is a promise that the marriage will take place. No maganjani, come what may, this marriage is going to take place. So it's not our engagement of our day, as I say, where we go to North Cleaves and have baskets and we say, marry me. And then, you know. But in this context, we see that this was a promise. Now let's look into the story of Jesus around a promise. We see in John 14, verse 15 to 18, we see Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to his disciples. So this word promise comes out. So the first thing that comes out of the story is a story, it's about promise. Um, In John 14, 15, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Right. Some translation says he's the helper, the comforter, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby. I told you there are dimensions in God. He's not just the helper, but he's the advocate. He's the comforter. He's the standby. He's the intercessor. Come on now. That's our God. That's the Holy Spirit. Ask me when I go into boardrooms and I have nothing to say in that boardroom and the Holy Spirit, my standby, jumps in. That's who the Holy Spirit is. When I'm down and out and I don't know what to do, he comes out as the comforter. And a friend will call me and be like, hi, my friend, how are you? I was just thinking about you. And I know that the comforter has stepped in. He's the Holy Spirit. We're solving mysteries. Let us continue. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all things. But you know him because he lives with you now. That's a mystery. Underline it, boldly, bold, tidy sizes. He says, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Hint, hint. We're solving What is this mystery that is inside of us? Let's move quickly. In Matthew 18b, Matthew 18b says, Mary will become pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see an introduction of new life. I know I didn't write all that. So as you just have the verses and you go back and study the verses, this is beautiful, ne? Yeah. Take photos of the scriptures and study the words. Hallelujah. So we now see that the Bible says Mary will be pregnant. So we see a new life is introduced. So where is new life introduced again? We see a man, Nicodemus, coming to Jesus by night. And he says, Bru, man, the things that you are doing, Baba. Now we're bringing the Bible in today. This is Nicodemus talking to Jesus. The things that you are doing, Baba, man, there's something about you. You can't be doing this if God is not with you. And Jesus answers Nicodemus boldly and say, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Human can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. We're not going to go into that story now. Let's, let's move on. Because Nicodemus asks, he says, how will this be? Old as I am, how do I go back to my mother's womb? And he says, flesh is born of flesh, but spirit is born of spirit. So a new life was introduced even through Jesus. Let's move quickly. Now we see, now Joseph is like, okay, now. The Bible says that he was a good man. So now he just found out good hey Bella, this woman is pregnant baba what must i do Because sometimes when we read the story we romanticize it and make it spiritual like he was waiting for Jesus no he wasn't waiting for Jesus he was in a dilemma the fiance is pregnant and it's not him haibo Come on my chance are we here can, can you identify? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Some people joke and say, I'm not the father of the, I'm not yet, but I don't know. You know, if anything is possible. But the point I'm making here in the story is that Joseph is in a dilemma. Found out that Mary is pregnant and he's like, I, I need to sidestep right now. No, 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 no. But what's beautiful about Joseph is that he's deciding, the Bible says he was a good man. So he says, no, I will not disgrace him publicly. I will, you are more, try to do it quietly. Let me move fast. This time is traumatizing me. Right. So uh, we see some form of love, a sacrificial love that Joseph does because he had a choice to say, ah, me, I'm going to tell the family it's not me. Mm -mm." I am not part of this. I don't know anything. Let me just disgrace her. How many of us in our family meetings and gatherings this Christmas, you are ready to reveal secrets? Ah. (laughs) You know what? There's family lunch and all. Ah, the secrets come. So, but we see sacrificial, sacrificial love being modeled by, by Joseph who says, ah, I don't want to disgrace him publicly. I don't want to disgrace her rather publicly. And the Bible tells us in First Peter 2, most of all continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. And we see Joseph sacrificially covering Mary's disgrace. And we see now God also in, and, and, and in Jesus' story, we see how Jesus Christ came to sacrifice his life. The Bible tells us, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and therefore Jesus sacrificed his life. Romans 5, 8 tells us, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Christ did not die to, for us while we were at church. He died for us while we were in the clubs, while we were still sinning, while we were still not trying to be sure what we are living our best lives. Christ died for us. Hallelujah. And so we move closely. We see the prophecy coming to pass. Now, the Bible tells us that Joseph went to sleep and he says, I, tomorrow I'm actioning this thing. Thank God he decided he did not act on it yet, but he went to sleep. As he was sleeping, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And he said to him, I brother Joseph, relax, relax, Baba. Relax, don't stress. This thing is a prophecy. Just marry the girl. This is my upgraded version of the Bible. Hallelujah. So the angel appeared to him and told him. And we see in Revelations 19, the Bible tells us, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. His life and teaching are the heart of prophecy. So we see prophecy throughout and that Jesus is prophecy. The last one in faith, it talks about faith. Then the following day, Jesus, Joseph, wakes up. And the Bible tells us that he woke up in the morning and he did exactly what the angel commanded him. Now we see decision in action. But it took faith, let me say, for him to act on that word. Hallelujah. So it's going to require us to have faith in God to be able to walk in the direction that which the Lord is taking us. So in John 14, 23, Jesus said, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and will come and make a home with each and every one of them. Have you seen all the clues? The clues of promise, of new life, of sacrificial love, prophecy, and faith. Now, the big question is, Tepi so. What is the mystery of Jesus within you? If we had three hours, I would be asking row by row, what is the clue? But because we don't have time, I hope through the story of Joseph and Jesus, you've already found the answer to our topic of the mystery within you. Going back to Pastor Paul's message, the clip I played earlier on. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly, above all we can ask of, according to the power at work within us. The mystery is hidden in the power. There is power within us. Continues to say to him, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations forever and ever. Like Pastor Paul said earlier on in the scripture, he talks about the dimensions of God's love. I hope you understand that to him who is able to do far more exceedingly, those are levels in God. Maybe you are still at, I know he's able, but I'm here to tell you that there is a God who's not only able, but he's able to do exceedingly. Exceedingly is a level in God. Above is a level in God, it's a dimension in God. Are you are you willing to travel with me to go to these dimensions of God? But where are these dimensions? They are within you. It's in you. There are dimensions of His love we have not explored. The Bible tells us when we receive the Holy Spirit, he pours his love in our hearts. That's the entrance to the kingdom. That's the first dimension. But there are dimensions where we can know the depth of his love, the height of his love, the breadth of his love. It's within us. As we're about to close, in the story of Joseph, we see the clue being given to us. It says she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was there in the story. He was there in the beginning. He's here now. The Bible tells us that in Genesis 1, when the earth was without form, when the earth was dark, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the surface of the earth. Before sometimes we can declare, before God could say, light be, the Spirit of God needs to brood. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but maybe you are in deep darkness. You are in confusion. I'm here to announce that the Spirit of the Lord is brooding. The Spirit of the Lord is brooding over your deep darkness, over your financial situation, over your crisis. The Spirit of the Lord is brooding. Some translation says it's hovering. I'm not sure it's hoover or hover, but there's a hoovering happening somewhere. (laughs) He's cleaning something. I get to the hoover cleans. So it means that he's hoovering or hovering. Is it hovering? You're my English teacher too. I burn, bona. Bona, I'm going with you to the well to preach with you. (laughs) Hallelujah. He says it's hoovering. Hovering. Oh. I'll stick with brooding. As we bring this to a close. E your time. Uh uh-uh. uh. So the power of the Holy Spirit has been there as a as the mystery. But the beautiful thing about it is that Pastor Paul told us that that mystery, that power is within us. It is the dunamis power of God. It is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That same power is living within you. The question is, what are you doing with the power? Jesus says, and while standing with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in the rest of the world. Pastor Paul said in that in that video that Jesus is not sending us empty-handed. He's not sending us with our knowledge, with our intellect, with our qualifications. But he's sending us with power. You've been asking God for superpowers. I don't know those who like watching superpowers. I am here to announce that you have superpowers. Some of you are like, really now? But there is power within us of the power of the Holy Spirit. We also see in Luke 9, Jesus called his disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out demons and heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and heal all who were sick. The power of God is within us. As Pastor Paul says, for us to be able to change our schools, change our workplaces, we need the power of God. He sent his disciples with the same power. He's sending us today with the same power. Let me testify a bit. When I was in corporate as a leadership specialist, I used to facilitate leadership training. And in the morning, I would walk into the training room and pray for the chairs. I am that person. huh. Before people come, I pray for each and every one of them. And I say, God, may you meet them at their point of need. Years later, I meet a friend of mine, uh, we meet through a mutual friend, and she says to me, uh, we're meeting each other, hi, how are you, are you Tepis? He says, I'm Tepis, it's like, or who? I'm like, okay, Tepiso, my lady, what we're all about, is like, she says to me, thank you for saving my marriage. I was like, I, what do you mean? She says, my husband was one of the leaders that used to attend your training at this one company. Every month when he came out of this company, out of training, he was changed man. And our marriage was restored because of that course that he was attending. I am here to tell you that God is still in the business of saving marriages. But he's going to do it through your hands and my hands, through your eyes and through your feet. That where he has sent you in that profession. I am here to declare that you are undercover. And he's calling you out today. While I was facilitating the same session, I was in KZN, and we were doing a team building activity with these leaders, and this one lady came to me and said, "Tebiso, I cannot participate in these activities. I said, why, ma'am? She says, I'm pregnant, and I've had so several miscarriages. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose this one. The Spirit of God in me leapt. I said to her, can I come out undercover? She said, what do you mean, Tepiso? I said, I know of a God who's able to take care of this pregnancy till full term. He says, I'm, she says, I'm not a believer. I don't believe in God. I said, you don't have to believe. I believe. Let us pray. Right in the middle of the training, we started praying to the living God. Saints, we are undercover. He's still in the mission of saving babies. He's still in the mission of healing. He's still in the missing mission of, of restoring. Months later, she called me. She said, "Tepiso, they used to call me T. T. You're not going to believe this. My baby is healthy and well. Give thanks to your God." This was a woman who was Hindu or whatever it is that you were serving because she had all these things on her. I saw that, but I overlooked it because I know there is a God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that is within us, according to the power in us. You can say, amen, I release you. Jesus is still in the mission of saving lives. But he sends you in that workplace as the CEO because he wants to write the narratives Of history. Jesus has sent you in that workplace. Because he has an intention and a life that he wants to change. It's not time for us to sit pretty in church. When we come to church, we are here to be empowered. To be encouraged. So that we can go all out. And as that word was said, it's not up to Pastor Paul alone. It's about all of us. Maybe you're saying, so that sounds foreign. Let me bring it closer home. In the month of August, I was driving around. It was my birthday month. And as I was driving around, I saw a place written, hey, cakes, what, what. I was like, oh, let me go to this shop and check out their cakes. I drive there. And when I get there, there was no one to help me. I was like, okay, we are in South Africa. The service is not good. You know how we go, Uh uh-huh. What's going on in this shop? This is unacceptable. Whoa, 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 in my spirit. And just as I was about to turn, a woman emerged behind the counter she was troubled i looked at her and i asked her what's wrong she says i've been suffering for a headache since this morning the power in me leaped the holy spirit in me leaped i said can i pray with you she said yes we prayed on that counter And immediately she jumped out and says, I am healed. The headache is gone. Can we allow Jesus to interrupt us? Can we allow Jesus to interrupt our plans? I'm not talking about a country. I'm talking about down the road, Rabbi Road. Just down the road. If we are called to influence communities, It's when we are in the shopping, it's when we are in the lines, it's when we are sitting around tables, it's when we are eating. We were taught at the women's camp, allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt you. I am here to stay up wells by the Spirit of God. I am here to stay up wells. I stand as the one who's been sent to stay up the well in this church. As I traveled in prayer, and as I was praying, the Holy Spirit showed me the fathers of this church. He showed me the spirit of pioneering that they were carrying. He showed me their faith. There is power in this church. We're standing on the promises of God. He made covenants with the fathers of this church. And he wants to stay up wells. He wants to stay up wells. As we close, maybe you're saying to I don't understand. How do I get this power? The Bible tells us, simple as it is, as I bring this to a land. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good give goods, give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. You are invited to ask this morning. I know I can be loud and bold, but he's still a gentle God who's inviting you to ask. You can ask him this morning. He says, if you, our fathers, are able to give gifts to your children, how much more will he give those who ask him? I'm inviting you to ask this morning because God is in the agenda of changing lives. He's still the God who heals. He's still the God of miracles. He's still a God of love. But there are dimensions in love, in his love, and he's inviting us this morning. So as we are about to pray, I'm just going to ask you to just close your eyes and And as we're about to pray, I'm firstly going to invite us to the miracle of salvation. The greatest miracle is when you receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. Maybe you are Nicodemus sitting in this audience and asking, how will it be? How can I even enter the kingdom of God? There's an invitation to come in this morning. And it's as simple as confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. It's just a prayer that is so near you. So I'm going to ask that a body of believers, those who believe, can we just join in. And as we make this prayer of accepting this invitation of allowing Jesus to be Lord and Savior of our lives. I'm going to lead us all in prayer. I'm going to ask all of us to join in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus. I come to you just as I am. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. With this declaration, I am saved. I am born again. Holy Spirit, I allow you to lead me and guide me in Jesus' name.